You know, as I was praying and asking God for a word for us to start the new year off with, the word forward so clearly came to me, the word forward. And as that word came into my mind, into my heart, I immediately remembered a passage of scripture. I, I immediately remembered when what God said to Moses in Exodus chapter 14 and verse number 15, it says that God said to Moses, tell the children of Israel to go forward. Tell the children of Israel to go forward. I believe that this is also a word for us today. And so for the next three weeks, we're going to use uh, this word in, in a series. I want us to read about it in Exodus chapter number 14, uh, verses 10 through 31. It's a, it's a kind of a long passage of scripture, longer than I normally uh, start with. Uh, we're going to read it from the New King James Version. I'm, I want to ask you to please pay attention as I read this because, because I'm not going to retell the story. Don't you just, it's kind of irritating, isn't it, when, when a pastor reads this big old long text, big old long story, and then as soon as he gets through reading the story, then he tells the story. All right, so, you know, kind of double dipping there a little bit and kind of, I don't think we need to do it. So pay attention as I read this because I'm not going to retell the story, but I am going to refer to it throughout the message. So let's read. Exodus uh, chapter 14 began reading with verse number 10. It says, and when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you so dealt with us to bring us out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt, saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. But lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I indeed will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they shall follow them. So I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his army, his chariots, and his horsemen. Then the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gained honor for myself over Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. And the angel of God who went before the camp of Israel moved and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud went from before them and stood behind them. So it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel Thus it was a cloud and darkness to the one, and it gave light by night to the other, so that the one did not come near the other all that night. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the wind to go back by a strong, uh, the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night, and made the sea into dry land, and the waters were divided. So the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea on the dry ground, and the waters were a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. 
And the Egyptians pursued and went after them into the midst of the sea, all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. Now it came to pass in the morning, watch, that the Lord looked down upon the army of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and cloud, and he troubled the army of the Egyptians. And he took off their chariot wheels, so that they drove them with difficulty. And the Egyptians said, let us flee from the face of Israel, for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea that the waters may come back upon the Egyptians on their chariots and on their horsemen. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And when the morning appeared, the sea returned to its full depth while the Egyptians were fleeing into it. So the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. Then the waters returned and covered the chariots, the horsemen, and all the army of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. Not so much as one of them remained. But the children of Israel had walked on dry land in the midst of the sea. And the waters were a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. So the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Thus Israel saw the great work which the Lord had done in Egypt. So the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant. Moses, my goodness, I forgot how much reading that actually was. Amen. Well, listen, there are two things that I want to talk about today as they relate to our subject of going forward. The first is this, and that is there will be obstacles to overcome. Just write it down. Just understand. Just know that if we go forward, there will be obstacles to overcome. See, see we, will never, we will never get from where we are to where we want to be without overcoming some obstacles. And I want to suggest five obstacles that will be in our way and will have to be overcome if we indeed go forward. The first one is our reluctance to let go of the past our reluctance to let go of the past. The children of Israel said to Moses in verse number 12, we would have been better off to have stayed in Egypt and served the Egyptians than to come out here into the wilderness and die. See, see, it's a natural human tendency to want to hold on to the past, to hold on to to what we know, uh, to what we're used to, to what we have become comfortable with. There's a sense of security that, uh, in that in which we have known. And equally is a sense of insecurity that accompanies the, the future and the unknown. Would you agree? But listen, we will never go forward as long as we hold on to, as long as we cling to the past. Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 13, you know it very well. Paul said, I forget what lies behind me. He said, and I reach forward to that which lies before me. This, my friends, is what we must do this coming year as well. Another obstacle that stands in our way of going forward, and that is our our, our recollection of the past is often distorted. See, humans have a tendency to glamorize the past. Uh, We love to talk about the good old days. Uh, The problem with the good old days is that they weren't as good as we recall them. 
Because you see, days are just that. Days, days are days. There's some good days, there's some bad days, and there's, there's some ugly days. Days are just what they are. Solomon said there's nothing new under the sun. He said what is has already been. History merely repeats itself. Evidently, the children of Israel had a short memory. Because in verse 12, they are saying that they would be better off in Egypt than they are now in the wilderness. But have they forgotten that in Egypt they were slaves? In Egypt, they cried out to God to rescue them. They are where they are now because they have prayed and asked God to take them there. See, one of the obstacles that we're going to have to overcome in order to go forward is the fact that our recollection of the past is often distorted. Let me give you a third obstacle that we'll have to overcome, and that is our reaction. Our reaction to opposition will tempt us to regret our decision. See, here's what happens. We often determine God's will on our circumstances. If our circumstances are favorable, we assume that we made the right decision. We feel like we're in God's will because everything's working out for us. Everything is falling into place. Everything is going smooth. Everything is going good. And so because of that, we assume we made the right decision. We assume we're in God's will. But when things begin to, you know, fall apart or things begin to get a little bit difficult for us, then we often, we often uh, begin to regret our decision, even wonder if we made the right decision in the, in, in the first place. Yeah, if we find ourselves like the children of Israel were with Pharaoh's army chasing them and the swollen waters of the Red Sea facing them, then we tend to react like they reacted in verse 12, regretting our decision to move forward. And even looking for somebody to blame like they did. See, here's what we need to understand, and that is there will always be obstacles to overcome if we go forward. If we're going to go forward in, every, in, in any aspect or any part of our life, if we go forward, there will always be obstacles to overcome. And just like the children of Israel, we will never get to the promised land without going through the wilderness. Did you hear me? I said, you're never going to get to the promised land without going through the wilderness. There will always be a wilderness to experience on the way to the promised land. Yeah. Because you see, everything that God does is a process. Everything that God does is him pre preparing us for the next event, the next thing, the next season, the next part of our life. Everything is a process. And God is consistently processing in our, in our lives. And the fact is, it's the wilderness experience that prepares us for our promised land. We're not ready for the promised land without the wilderness. We, we're not prepared. We don't wouldn't know what to do. It takes the wilderness to get us ready for that promised land. Because he, here's the deal that we forget, and that is even when we reach our promised land. And you know, as a kid, I often thought, well, man, man, they get in the promised land and they've got it all. Man, they've got it well. It's all great and it's all wonderful. But read the story. Read the story. The, man, the battle really just began when they got in the promised land. Even when we reach our promised land, there will still be battles to fight. Notice the fourth uh, obstacle that we will have to overcome, and that is our reasoning ability will be negatively affected. Yeah. 
In verse 11, the children of Israel says to, say to Moses, why did you bring us out here into the wilderness to die? Why did you make us leave Egypt? What? What? First of all, no one's dying. No one's even close to death. And second, Moses made them leave? Really? Did they forget about all of their whining? Did they forget about all their crying? Did they forget about all their praying? Did they forget about all their complaining? Did they forget about all the times that they asked God to deliver them? One of the obstacles that we will have to overcome if we are going to go forward is our reasoning ability will be negatively affected, especially when opposition arises or we are faced with difficult obstacles. Write this down this morning. Obstacles are what you see when you take your eyes off your goal. Obstacles are what you see when you take your eyes off your goal. If you take your eyes off the goal, you're, all you're going to see is the obstacles. But if we, fa- if we fasten our eyes on our goal or, or, or fasten our eyes on what we have been called to or fasten our eyes uh, on to where we believe that God is leading us, then the obstacles will merely be a nuisance to us. There will be obstacles. Yes, there will. But they will just simply be a nuisance to us. They'll simply be a minor annoyance. They will simply be a bump in the road. But if we concentrate on them, if we focus on them, they might just stop us from reaching our goal and might just keep us out of our God-called promised land. The fifth obstacle that we must, uh, that must be overcome if we're going to go forward is, and that is we'll be tempted to rebel. Tempted to rebel. That's what the children of Israel did in verses 11 and 12. They turned on the very one that God sent to deliver them. And if you read the entire story of the children of Israel, you will see that this wouldn't be the last time that they would rebel against Moses, their God-called leader. Which actually was not them rebelling, and God even said that. It wasn't that they were rebelling against Moses, but in rebelling against Moses, they were actually rebelling against God himself. You know, in just over three months, we will all experience what we are calling realignment. And, and it will be difficult for some. It will be difficult for some. And the five obstacles that the children of Israel had to overcome, we will also have to overcome. But that's okay. Why is it okay? It's okay because God is taking us somewhere. God is taking us somewhere. He's taking us forward. He has a promised land picked out for us somewhere that he wants to take us. And the obstacles are part of the process that is necessary in order to get us ready to occupy the promised land that he has chosen for us. But in this process, some will be tempted to rebel. Uh, some will even be tempted to jump ship, uh, to leave the church. Yeah. Don't do it. Don't do it. But, but pastor, change is hard. Yeah, it can be. 
It can be hard on everybody. It can be hard on the old ones going out and the new ones coming in. And those that are remaining, yeah, yeah, pastor, but, but, but change, change is hard. Yes, yes, it can be, but here's the deal. Hear me, please, please, please hear me. Here's the deal. If you jump ship, everything will change for you. See, I just don't understand. See, see, see if you stay on board, the change for you will be far less than if you were to rebel or if you were to jump ship. See, it just seems like pure silliness to me when people leave a church because the church makes some type of change. And they leave over one change. (laughs) And the funny thing is that they leave because there's a change in the church. They leave because there's one, one change. But in leaving, they go somewhere where everything Is a change. No, don't tell me you're leaving because you don't like change. And go somewhere new where everything for you will be a change. Duh. Silly. Do you still love me? I'm giving you two observations about going forward this morning. The first one is there will be obstacles to overcome. You will not be able to go over, you will not be able to go forward without the fact that there will be obstacles that are going to be in your way that you're going to have to overcome. Second observation is this, and I love it, and that is that there will be opportunities. Oh, yes, there's going to be obstacles, but also there will be opportunities available only to those that are willing to go forward. And I want to suggest five opportunities that will be available for those that are willing to go forward. And the first is the opportunity, the opportunity to search out territory we've never experienced before. In our scripture for today, the children of Israel are leaving Egypt and they're heading to their God promised land. And the army of Pharaoh is chasing after them and they're about to run into the swollen waters of the Red Sea that are in front of them and they seem to be hemmed in. In front of them, the swollen waters. Behind them, the army of Pharaoh chasing after. They seem to be caught in the middle, hemmed in. But let's look at verse number 16. And in verse 16, God says to Moses, God says, God says, lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. (laughs) Ah, Nothing to it, right? (laughs) You know, we read these stories that we just kind of read them and don't think about it. Uh, God, what's plan B? (laughs) Really? God says to Moses, lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go, shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. Wow. God has a sense of humor, doesn't he? He also has a flair for the dramatic. Listen to me, people. There are, there are opportunities available to us that we will never, that we have never experienced before. 
And God wants to take us where we have never, ever been. There are things that are before us that have never been behind us and have never been beside us. And God wants us to search out some new territory, both as individuals, but also as a church family. But the truth is only those that are willing to search, search out this new territory will be given the opportunity. Well, notice another opportunity that will be made available only to those that are willing to go forward, and that is the opportunity to stretch our faith. Yeah, if we're going to go forward, we're going to have an opportunity to stretch our faith. In verse 16, God tells Moses, we just read it, lift up your rod and stretch your hand. Say stretch. Yeah, God says to Moses, lift up your rod and stretch your hand over the sea and divide it. Hey, listen, listen, Moses had to stretch more than just his hand. He had to stretch more than just his rod. He had to stretch his faith. Can you imagine the faith that it must have taken from Moses? I mean, I, I can just imagine his, you know, those that are walking beside him and those that are the closest to him. And, and they're saying, what's the plan? What's the plan? What's the plan? What's the plan? He says, get my staff, get my staff, get my rod. What are you going to do with it? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to lift it up over the water. You're going to what? You're going to what? Come on. Listen, can you imagine how much it must have stretched the faith of Moses? But not only did it stretch Moses' faith, but, but also it had to stretch the faith of, of the children of Israel. Uh, verses 20 and 21 says, Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong wind and made the seabed dry, and the waters were divided. Notice, so the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea. Thank God for a man like Moses that, that would allow his faith to be stretched in order to do the miraculous and save the people of God. But thank God for some people that would line up behind the man of God. And even though that what he said they were going to do didn't make sense, and they were thinking, man, our guy has gone crazy, whatever, but for whatever reason, they were willing to line up behind him and march behind him. I want to tell you, not only does it take a man of God to hear from God and to obey God and to stretch his uh, faith to see God do the miraculous, but it also takes the people of God that will line up behind the man of God and say, hey, you follow God and we'll follow you. And listen, we will see the miraculous and we will see what God will do in our lives. How many believe that this morning? Hallelujah. Yeah, the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea on the dry ground. The waters were a wall to them on their right and on their left. Going forward gave the children of Israel as well as Moses an opportunity to stretch their faith. See, the faith that they had up until this point would have to be stretched if they were going to continue to move forward. And that is the same for us as well. Write this down this morning. Write this down. What got us here won't get us there. I said, what got us here will not get us there. In order for us to move from where we are to where God wants to take us will require a stretching of our faith. But here's the good news this morning. How many's ready for some good news? The good news is this morning, if we allow God to stretch our faith, we will be given the opportunity to see God do what we've never seen God do before. The children of Israel had 
never seen a miracle of this magnitude. Moses had never been used by God to this degree before. Because they were willing to move forward and not remain where they were. Because of that, they were given the opportunity to see, to be eyewitnesses of God doing what they had never witnessed him do before. And they had the opportunity to be a great part of it. Let me say, let me ask this this morning, how about us? How about us? Do we have a desire to see God do in and through us what we have never seen or experienced him do before? If so, we're going to, it will require us being willing to move forward. It will require us moving from beyond where we are and taking steps in the direction that he will lead us in. And not only will we see what, not only will we see God do what we've never seen him do before, we will have the opportunity to seize what would be impossible otherwise. Not only will we see God do what we've never seen him do before, we will have the opportunity to seize what would be impossible otherwise. See, if Moses and the children of Israel had not been willing to overcome the obstacles that would present themselves when leaving Egypt, they would not have been given the opportunity to seize what God had planned for them. See, God has a wonderful plan. God has a wonderful plan for the grace place. And God has a wonderful plan for all of us as individuals as well. And the question is, will we see God's plan unfold? Will we seize the benefits of his plan? And the answer is only if we are willing to move forward. Only if we are willing to overcome the obstacles that Satan will certainly place in our way. All right, let's notice the fifth opportunity that will be made available to us if we are willing to go forward, and that is the opportunity to experience a sensation we've never felt before. Amen? Think about it. Can, Can you even imagine? I mean, think about it. Can you even imagine what it must have been like to witness the parting of the Red Sea? And all that, that it entailed. To see the wall of water on your right. And on your left as you pass through it. <laughs> I mean, you're just walking down the middle of the Red Sea. And on your right, it's a wall of water. On your left, it's a wall of water. You just walking through, and you're walking through on dry ground? Can you imagine what it must have been like to witness Moses stretching his shepherd's staff over the water and the waters responding by rising in a heap and forming those two walls? Can you even imagine? And then, and then coming back down and forming a sea again and then drowning the army of Pharaoh. Can you even imagine the sensation that they must have felt. When my son was about eight or nine years of age, he was terrified of roller coasters. 
for whatever reason. I mean, he wasn't a scaredy cat kind of kid. I mean, he did crazy tricks on his bike and, you know, he loved sports and, and, but for whatever reason, he just had a fear of roller coasters. And I knew my son and I knew if my son just experienced a roller coaster just one time, he would love it. And so when he was about nine years of age, we were at an amusement park. And I said to myself, today's the day my son's going to experience a roller coaster. And I said to my son, I said, Chad, you're going to ride a roller coaster today. Dad, no, 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 I don't want to ride a roller coaster. I'll ride everything else. Don't want to ride a roller coaster. Yeah, yep. He's he's got a testimony of an abusive father. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I said, no, son. I said, today you're going to ride the roller coaster because I know you're going to love it. And you just got to trust dad. I'm going to ride it with you, but you're riding that roller coaster. I said, said, son, you, you don't have to ride it twice. You don't ever have to ride it again, but you are going to ride it once. And today's the day. I also knew how much fun he'd have with his buddies, you know, because he'd go with his buddies to the amusement park and they're all riding the roller coaster. He didn't, he's not riding it. And, you know, I didn't want him to experience that either. And so I took him by the arm (laughs) and I took him to the line and I moved him up the line. And I put him in the car and pulled it down, pulled the latch down. And he's terrified and probably hating his daddy. But off we go. He's terrified. He's fearful. He's afraid. We take it. And we take it up that first big hill, you know, how it goes. You know? And I don't know how they are now, but back then, you know, they'd get about to the top and then they'd act, you'd think it's going to go backwards because it'd kind of catch a little bit, you know. And then, and then, down we went. And down we went. And I looked at him and he began to scream. But he wasn't screaming in terror. He was screaming in joy. And we got to the next hill, and he put his hands up in the air. And we went down the next hill, and he's screaming, and he's shouting, and he's having a great time, and he's one. He's loving the roller coaster. And we get off of the roller coaster, and he says, Dad, can we ride it again? And we wrote it again, and we wrote it again, and we wrote it again, and he wrote it again. Listen, hear me this morning. God wants to take us on the ride of our life. I said, God wants to take us on the ride of our life, but we're fearful. We're afraid. We've never been on that ride before. We've never experienced that before. And so we hold back and we pull back and we say, God, no, God, no, God, no. But listen, God wants to take us on the ride of our life. He wants to give us an experience that we've never experienced in our entire life. And I'm not talking about just some emotional experience. 
I'm talking about his supernatural presence in our lives and him working through us in a supernatural way. Who's up for it this morning? Who's up for it this morning? Takeaway for the message this morning is this. To go forward will require leaving the past behind us and leaning in to what God has placed before us. I want to say it again. To go forward will require leaving the past behind us and leaning in to what God has placed before us. Can we stand this morning? When I asked the Lord, what do you want me to say to the people of the Grace Place on the very first Sunday of the new year? I felt impressed to say, tell the people to go forward. In just a few weeks, Grace Place will move into a new season. Here's what I've learned about seasons. One season isn't necessarily better or worse than the other, only different. See, there are things that we like and things we don't like in every season. The same people that when it's 110 degrees in Texas in August that are complaining about the heat and ready for the next season are the very same ones when the snow falls and the temperature gets down below Z, uh, not below Z, it doesn't do that in Texas, but it gets down real low are the very same ones are complaining about the cold. See, there are things that we like and things that we don't like in every single season. And here's something else I know about seasons, and that is all seasons are needed. Thank God when we get that first freeze and some of those bugs are killed and some of that crud goes away, right? Thank God for that season when the rain comes. And those, you know, big old rips in the, in the ground about that wide in Texas. Now the rain's coming. Close that up. All seasons are needed. And here's something else I know about seasons, and that is all seasons have a, divine, have, have a designed purpose. There's a purpose for winter. There's a purpose for spring. There's a purpose for fall. There's a purpose for summer. And the last thing that I know about seasons is, and that is each season will build upon the past season. The question for all of us today is, are we willing to go forward? Are we willing to go forward? Are we willing to embrace the next season? The next season in our life personally, the next season in the life of this church. Are we willing to go forward? Are we willing to embrace the next 
season? And are we willing to overcome the obstacles so that we can obtain the opportunities that are made available only to those willing to go forward? Father, I just pray today that you will take Lord, your infallible, your life-altering, life-changing, miracle-working word today. God, let your word do what it is intended to do today. God, I ask in the wonderful name of the Lord Jesus Christ.